Hey guys, it's Shirley Gerard with Rise Up Give Back. I'm so glad to be with you guys again today. Um, I have just been plugging along and everything, getting really excited about pre-order starting in about uh, 10, 12 days. Super excited. I'm going to be flipping that switch on our website, which is www.riseupgiveback.com. Um, I would love your feedback about the website. If you find it easy to use or not easy to use or whatever the case is, I would love your feedback um, over the next week or two before we go um, just full on crazy here. And I'm so excited. Um, I wanted to talk today about a problem that I've actually been having this week with work. And I think it's really um, an important topic especially uh, if any of you guys are entrepreneurs or work in a business setting, um, to understand that the customer, um, that's that saying that we've all heard, right? The customer's always right. Well, that's actually not a true statement. Something that I learned a long time ago um, from a company that I worked for for years is their, their motto was, the customer is always the customer, but they're not always right. And what they meant by that is they could be wrong, but they're still our customer, right? So we don't have to tell them, you're right, um, we are wrong, we're sorry, because that's reiterating to them that as a company, you are, you are actually doing something incorrect or wrong, right? Um, so explaining to them, I understand how you would see this as being a negative for you and your situation. However, this is how we do things. I'm happy to figure out a way to make you happy and maybe modify what we're doing to make you work, right? So um, this particular job that I worked at was a restaurant and we were a um, steakhouse. And um, so people would come in and they would order their steaks, just for an example, medium well. Well, uh, medium well has a little bit of pink inside the steak. And I can't tell you as a manager how many times I would get called to a table and I would get yelled at and blessed out by someone who said that they were served a raw, not a rare, but a raw steak. And I would look at it and it was like the most perfect medium well steak that anyone had ever made in their entire life, right? hint of pink in the very center, pretty much spot on, perfect steak. So what we would have to do is try to educate the clients and the, uh, the customers to understand what we felt medium well was and how that was our medium well, but we were happy to make it what they really wanted, which was well done, right? So it wasn't, oh, you're right, oh my gosh, I am so sorry, I cannot believe we shared, we, we served you a raw steak, that is our bad, let me fix this for you right now. It was, I am so sorry that you're not happy with your product. Here at this store, a medium well is this, but I am so happy to be able to get this fixed for you and I will do that right away. Would you prefer what we call well done, which is no pink at all, question mark, <laughs> right? So let's take this further. Um, so what happens when you get into the business world and the customer is still the customer 
and you explain to them one, two, 10, 25 times how you do business and they want something else from you. Something that you may or may not be willing to provide to them. So let me give you an example. I work in real estate and um, let's just say I had a client who wanted to sell their house, right? And they said, you know, I really want to sell my house, but ultimately I think the house is worth a million dollars. And I look up houses in the area that have sold over the last year and pretty much the highest price house is about $300,000. Well, so you go back and you say, okay, well, why do you think your house is worth a million dollars? And they say, oh, well, you know, we have crown molding in the house, right? And um, uh, we have a little porch on the back, which, you know, most of the houses here don't have. And uh, we brought all of our babies home here. I mean, it's just a really great house. I mean, it's just really, really well built. Now, obviously, I'm, ex I'm exaggerating my million dollars, but I've actually heard stories and I've had this happen. Um, the best one I can think of just recently, somebody was telling me about they had a client who had a home in a neighborhood of somewhat cookie cutter type properties, right? Where all the houses pretty much were the same size and shape. They might look slightly different from the exterior, but ultimately they were all pretty much exactly the same. And they were all selling for, you know, right around 170, 180, right? So he met with this client and explained to him about uh, how much the houses in the neighborhood were selling for. And the guy said, nope, 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 I want 225 for mine. And the guy looked at his client and said, okay, how do you get to 225? And he said, well, my house has a steel beam in the garage, which means that clearly it's made better than the other houses on the street. So it should be worth more. So for each person that is out there, they believe that their niche, that their request is like the end all, right? So this person that I'm talking about had to actually tell his client, no, I can't work for you. And I can't sell your house because your house is not worth $50,000 more just because you have a steel beam in the garage, right? It's all about square footage. It's all about numbers of bedrooms and numbers of bathrooms. And ultimately, yes, if you have some amenities, you might be able to get on the higher end of the spectrum. But that doesn't mean that you get to add on an exorbitant amount of money, right? So take it to a completely different arena. Say you are in advertising and you have a client who hires you to advertise a product or a service for them and you lay up a contract where you're gonna do it on all the social medias, you're gonna create a website, you are gonna do print advertising um, in so many newspapers and magazines, and you are gonna track the um, responses through a certain algorithm, and you've got everything analyzed, and you're gonna re respond back to them after 90 days with all the responses. And so they hire you to do this, and you do it, and say you get 5,000 website visits and 30% more of social media clicks and 
you present that to them and they get upset with you and they say, well, it should have been 25,000 um, visits to the website and, you know, 150% more clicks on social media and you tell them, well, you chose the basic package, which was $50 and I can't possibly for $50 advertise to the point that you are requesting the return on. So if you want that kind of return, you need to pay $5,000. And they say, oh my gosh, no way. You should be able to do it for 50. My niece did it for her dog walking business. Right, so you see where all this is going. There are multiple issues when you have clients who ex have expectations that are beyond reality. So what do you do when you're stuck in that situation? Right? Well, the obvious most hopeful situation would be that you guys are able to negotiate and talk it out and understand that, well, we were just on the wrong page. There was a miscommunication of sorts, and it's nobody's fault per se, but now we know where everybody stands and we're okay with that. Or we're going to modify our contract slightly, either up or down or sideways, to cover. X, Y, and Z, which is what we want, and we're all okay with that. But what do you do when the client is insistent that they're not going to change? What do you do when you have that client who you know is losing their mind because their house is not worth what they think it is, or there is no way for the amount of money that they're investing in their company that you can get the return on investment that they want? So how do, how do you go from there? How do, you, how do you handle that client? I can tell you from experience, I have been yelled at and cussed out, and I have had so many negative situations arise because of clients who don't feel that what they want, or let me rephrase, they do feel that what they want should be just given to them and in business we are here to make money but we're also here to focus on the integrity of our companies right so there may be a time where you have to fire a client now i know that sounds funny fire a client why would you ever fire a client if they're paying you they're paying you and a paycheck is better than no paycheck right well, think of it this way. Say, let's go back to my real estate because I think it's an easy one for everyone to understand whether you've been in real estate before or not. So say you have a client who is um, wanting you to um, sell their house and they want to buy a new one. But they want a lot of money for their house, more than it's worth. And they want to buy a house that they can't afford for way less money, right? So they want people to pay them way more than what their house is worth, but they're not willing to pay other people what their house is worth. So you think, well, you know what? It's two sales. You know, the commission on those two sales is going to be a good one. I just need to push forward, right? Well, what happens when you show that house, their house to sell, you show it 
for four months straight. Two or three times a week, you're driving across the town to go show someone that house. So you're leaving your family, you're leaving your business, you're leaving your computer, you're leaving your home, you're leaving your office, you're going to drive across town to open the house up to show it. You're gonna host open houses, you're gonna buy the snacks and the supplies that you need for the open house, the balloons and the signs, which by the way, the signs are crazy expensive. You're going to then show them approximately 35 houses because if they're bidding $20,000 under, $30,000 under asking price, they're not going to get any houses to purchase. And so by the end, either one of two things is gonna happen. Either you're gonna end up selling their house and helping them buy one, and it's gonna take a year, and you're literally going to spend hundreds of hours and thousands and thousands of miles on your vehicle and potentially hundreds or thousands of dollars over the course of that time to sell their house and make $6,000 on the two sales, right? Or you're gonna spend hundreds of hours, hundreds or thousands of dollars, and a year later, that house is still gonna sit on the market because no one wants to buy a house that's been on the market for a year. And they sure as heck don't wanna buy a house that's been on the market for a year for market value because they're gonna assume something's wrong with it. So now you've spent a year of your time, tons of money, and you have to walk away. In that amount of time that you spent on those clients, how many other clients could you have generated out of the time that you spent, right? How many times could you have called people or gone to conferences or gone somewhere to a festival and put up a tent and found more clients who were actually ready to buy, who were actually ready to sell, who were motivated to do both, how many more sales could you have gotten in the time frame that you spent on these clients who didn't get you very much? And then what's your margin on that, right? So say you spend, over the course of six months, say you spend 800 bucks in you know supplies and um, signs and advertising, or maybe just make it an even thousand, because you know you got Facebook posts and print ads and all sorts of stuff. Say you spend a thousand dollars, then you drive twenty-two thousand miles, right? So now you're thinking about all that gas that you've put in your car, all the wear and tear on your vehicle, and you've literally spent two hundred hours of your time working on this property, right? So let's just say, for giggles sake, that let's just look at the sale of the one property. Let's not focus on the two, the two things, right? So let's just say that the sale will net you a total commission of $5,000, right? So say you subtract out the $1,000 in advertising, right? So now you're at 4,000. And you divide that by 40 hours a week, 
and you divide that by 52 weeks. So now you're making, on average, a dollar and 93 cents, 92.3 cents per hour worked. Is your time worth way more than a dollar 93? In those hours of time spent, could you have potentially drummed up 10 more clients that would have closed deals that would have made you $5,000 each? So now, now you're looking at the idea that you spent all this time closing one deal when you could have potentially closed 10 and made $50,000. So now you're looking at what is the cost benefit of me continuously working with a client who doesn't want to put in their own work, right? So let's go back to our advertising idea, right? Uh, I want you to advertise for my business, but I'm only gonna pay you 50 bucks, but I expect 150,000 followers on Instagram by the end of next month. Well, that's just not realistic. So if, if you take that, say, say, it's a, say it's $500, right? You take that and you spend literally 40 hours a week for the next for four weeks posting and scheduling and creating and Googling and using analytics and figuring out trends and really researching the products and hiring a photographer to take the pictures. And you do all this work and you make all these posts and say you do make your 150,000 Instagram followers in a month. Now what's gonna happen? So you get paid 500 bucks, which again, you're looking at, you're making a dollar an hour, right? And then you've now set a precedence on how, how little your time is worth. So the next time that they want you to come and do something and you say, well, I really just can't do it for $500, they're going to say, yeah, you, you can. You did it before. Listen, I, I am not telling you guys that if you're in business that you need to fire every difficult client that you ever work with because you will be out of business because people in general are just difficult. Um... People can be rude, people can be awful, people can be just plain frustrating. With that said, that is part of business, right? It's part of business to have people who don't always respect your time and don't respect how hard you work. But they're going to keep coming back and they're going to be clients of yours. And as long as they're paying you what you're asking for and they're living up to their end of the contract and they're not causing you more headache than it's ever going to be worth, then they're clients, right? They're the customers that are not always right, but they're still the customers. I'm only talking about those ones that you literally lose sleep over, that you stress out about, that you literally are on the verge of panic attacks every time you see their name pop up on your phone. Those are the clients that, that you need to really look at and determine, is this best for you and your business to keep this client 
and to continue to deal with the stress that that client provides. Some of my very best clients have been high need clients. High need does not correspond to bad, right? High need, people that need that, that special attention, they need that personal touch, they need to be able to call you 500 times a day to ask you the same question. That is not what I mean, because that's just people. That's dealing with people, that's dealing with the service industry. If you provide a service or if you're retail of any sort, that's just something that you have to do. I'm talking about the clients that are just hard on you, who end up stressing you and causing you very much, very much pain and suffering. And your business suffers because you're unable to focus on your other clients. You're unable to lead generate for other clients. You're unable to keep up with everything that needs to be done because of not just a large client or or someone who needs some extra holding of hands, but of someone who actually has true unrealistic expectations. So how do you have that conversation with a client? Guys, this is one of the hardest conversations you're gonna have, but do, do you know something? The longer it takes for you to have this hard conversation, the harder it's going to be to have it. Because the farther you get into a contract with someone, the more you're going to say, but I've already done so much work. I can't fire them now. I'll never get reimbursed for all that I've done. And you're right. So when you recognize and when you understand, listen, these people are just not good for me. This client is not good for me. This company is not good for me. Maybe it's time to have that conversation then. And maybe it's a conversation of, listen, I think we have different expectations and different uh, understandings of what my role is and what your role is. And I need to have a very open conversation with you regarding what I expect you to do on your end of this agreement and what I am expected from you through this agreement. And talk through everything. Right? If you have a client that's calling you every night at 11.30, you need to have a conversation about office hours. I'm available to you anytime via email. Email me day, night, weekends, whatever. As soon as I come back into the office, I will respond. But if they're calling you at 11 o'clock at night, they need to understand that you have margin in your life and that there are times where that's not okay to call. Right? If, if they are cussing you out on the phone because they're just ticked off at the world because things aren't going their way, that's a conversation to have. I will not listen to you saying certain words to me. And if that's not something that you're able to understand and you're able to commit to, then this might not be a good relationship for us to continue. Right? Somebody expects you to literally halo or, or um, lasso the moon and bring it to them with a golden bow. 
but they're giving you a budget where they'd be lucky with a Taco Bell taco and no bow, and then that needs to be a conversation. Listen, here is what the expectation you can get based on the budget dollar amount you gave to me. If this doesn't suffice, then either one of two things happens. You need to go find a, cu a, a company who will do it for this price. They won't do it as well as I will, but they might do it for that price. They might never get you the results that you actually want, but they'll do it for that price. Or I need a larger budget. I need to be able to have the funds to be able to market your business or whatever the company thing is that you do for them. I need the funds to be able to make that happen to your standards, right? And fluff them. You are important to me and the job that I do is important to me and I am not going to half-ass something. I'm not gonna just do something that's worth 50 bucks of my time and put my name on it. So if you want this done and you want it done right, then this is where we need to go. And if they say no, then you say, I wish you the best of luck. And, I re and you have to mean it, guys, because you do, right? If they can find someone who will do a job that satisfies what they need for less money, then that is awesome. That's great. That leaves you to be able to focus on the clients that you want to focus on and lets them get what they need. So it's a win-win, guys, when, when a situation like this comes up. But people are so scared to have those very serious conversations, right? And I, especially in business. Now, you can relate this 100% to your personal life, right? Like you have a friend who every time you go out, they conveniently leave their credit card at home. And they have $5 with them right? Like maybe you guys need to have a conversation about how you're not going to go out to restaurants anymore. Maybe you need to have a conversation about, hey, for now on, I can't really afford to take us both out, but I'm happy to come to your house or have you come to my house and we just hang out, watch TV, watch a movie, that kind of thing and see what their response is. Maybe it's someone who you volunteer for. And they just keep asking and asking and asking and asking things of you. And maybe you need to set margin there. You need to tell them, listen, I love helping you guys out with this job or with this volunteer thing or love helping the clients at the hospital or fill in the blank, the soup kitchen, whatever it is that you volunteer at. But I can only do it from 8 to 5, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if you need something outside of Tuesdays and Thursdays from 8 to 5, you're going to have to wait till the next Tuesday or Thursday, or you're going to have to find someone else who can do it. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe you have um, a spouse who is not understanding that you want to go to the gym after the kids go to bed and work out, or... Whatever the case is, you have to be able to stand up for yourself, whether it be personal, professional, whatever. You have to be able to stand up and say, listen, this is where I'm at. 
This is where I'm comfortable. I'm not doing any more than I'm comfortable with because I'm not. And you need to be okay with that. And if you're not, then that's a whole other conversation that you and I need to have about what's really at the root of that. So I don't know if this helps anyone. I know um, I had to learn this lesson a long time ago that sometimes firing a client or firing a friend or ending a relationship means that a door closed so that five more could open. But if you don't let that door close, if you don't help it along and maybe kick it with your foot, um, then you're actually setting yourself up for heartache and pain and way more work than you need to put in. Because you guys are worth way more. You were made for more. You were wonderfully made with gifts and talents that you can use to inspire so many people. But how can you inspire others when you don't respect yourself and your own time enough to have that conversation with someone? I love you guys. Please go out, smile at someone, give them a hug, tell them that you're thankful for them. Even if you don't know them, <laughs> did it once in a, in a a line at Kohl's, no ad, and um, the lady, I was at the Kohl's, she had this um, brooch on, and it wasn't like super fancy, and she was an older lady, and I just was trying to be nice, and I was like, oh, I like your pin, and she turned around and looked at me and almost started to cry, and said, thank you so much, I just really appreciate it, it was my um, aunt's, and I just love it. And um, um, so anyways, the point is being nice to someone, you never know how that affects other people and you never know who needs it. So be nice to someone today, say something nice, and I love you guys.